Oh, come on. <laughs> this is too much, JT. Did you make this all up? This game is real. Where every single part of this is gospel truth. Like it just, it's true. It just happened. I do every time I tell the story, my wife's around. I look at her. I'm like, that happened, right? You know, like, I'm not making I'm this not, up in my head, am I? I'm not embellishing, am I? And I'm not. I mean, this happened. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pastor Theologians Podcast. Today our guest is JT English, who is the new senior pastor of Storyline Fellowship in Colorado, as well as one of the hosts of the Knowing Faith Podcast. We've had JT on the podcast before, and we're delighted to have him back for this conversation. We're talking about his recent transition from a associate pastor position at the Village Church in Texas to accepting this call as the senior pastor of a new church, new to him, in Colorado. This is a really interesting, exciting, and really amazing story, and we're looking forward to sharing it with you today. JT English, friend and CPT fellow, uh, we are delighted to have you back on the podcast today, brother. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm so glad to be with you. Uh, we're hanging in there. We're doing pretty good. Enjoying the Colorado mountain air. It's beautiful I bet, here. I bet you are. Last time we talked about your story, how you became a pastor theologian, and uh, uh, and it was really great to hear all the work you uh, we're doing at the time in church-based theological education. By the way, that episode really struck a chord with our listeners. I think, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, that's our most listened to podcast. So you, you JT, are part of the CPT Greatest Hits now. Oh, man. That is, that is correct. <laughs> I, uh, it was, to be fair, I don't want to diminish your oh, no. accomplishments <laughs> by any means, JT, but it was our second episode ever. Um, which perhaps has something to do with it. Just I mean, it's been out there for longer. It's Zach, like you Zach, know, Zach, what are you doing, bro? I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't want him to be self-aggrandizing more than is appropriate. It's right. funny. I was actually just getting ready to tweet the accomplishment, but I'll, there it is, there it is. Hold, I'll hold, hold it back now. Hold that. Here's here's the deal. Hold that tweet till this podcast. Maybe this yeah. will be the greatest greatest hits. But seriously, we we. Uh, we talked at the time, uh, a number of months ago, you were serving then at the Village Church in Dallas, and there have been some big changes in your life. You've recently accepted a call to become the lead pastor of Storyline Church in Arvada, Colorado, and we are excited to talk to you about this new chapter in your journey. Um, having made a transition like that in my own life, and I know a number of our listeners have made that transition from an associate pastor, a staff pastor to a senior or a lead pastor, brother, I know that's a huge move. That's a big deal. Um, and, and I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear you talk about that and, and all that's involved in that sort of a discernment process and, and transition. Um, so, but before actually JT, before we dive in, let me just take a moment and ask you how you're doing right? I mean, obviously you've made a big move. It's been really crazy. These are crazy times. How are you doing? How's your family? What's going on? Thanks, Todd. Yeah. So 
I mean, the first thing I would say, there's really kind of two, maybe two sides to the, to answering that question. On one side, we are exhausted, you know, I mean, just, sure. and I think that's everybody right now, even on yeah. this transition, there's just kind of a, a fatigue with, it feels like a new world event every five yes. minutes that we have yes. to speak to or give answers to, or uh, then it's just dealing with the reality of new life in quarantine and socially distancing and so there's there's just a lot so i'm i'm tired you know but I'll, but at the same time i'm really mm-hmm. excited you know as we mm-hmm. get to get into this story a little bit um i've just you know i've had the, the privilege i mean I, I, it's it's hard to see it when you're in the moment but it's easier yeah. to see it in high in hindsight god's just providence his yes. care his sovereignty over me and my family and how he has allowed us to walk in this transition. So there's, it's this weird feeling of I am tired and I just want a regular Tuesday. Like I think about those <laughs> right, you know, committee meetings you used to complain about where you're eating Chick-fil-A and you're like, that's the worst thing ever. Right now I'm like, please give me a committee meeting with people and Chick-fil-A. That's you right. Know, you know? So, and, uh, and no Zoom meetings. <laughs> no yeah. more Zoom meetings. No, I felt that. I felt that. So thank, thank you for asking. We're good. My family's good. We actually just bought a house. Wonderful. Oh, Lord provided for us. Kids are settling in, and and, and for us, part of this too, and this will be part of the story also. Colorado uh, is where the Lord saved me. Uh, it's where oh, I lived yes. for almost twenty five years of my life. I'm ten minutes from where I grew up, so uh, it feels a lot like a homecoming, which I think is has taken off a lot of the the transition, you know, blunt force too. Yeah, that's a that's that's great, and I want to hear more about that. T- t- tell us though, how this even came about, JT? Were you uh, were you looking for a lead pastor role or was that a part of your aspiration and desire and vision for your future? Tell us about how this came about. You know, to be honest, it really wasn't. It, mm. it probably was when I was at pre-seminary. And then even in seminaries is when yeah. I began to feel a vocational shift where, as I said on the previous podcast, I really felt God calling me to pursue theological education in the context yes. of the local church. And the Lord, you know, gave me an incredible opportunity to do that at the village. And I loved my job. I, yeah. I, I still, like even as leaving, I was not leaving a job that I didn't want to do anymore. I was leaving a job that I loved. Uh, and I was doing it with people that I love. Todd, you yeah. got to come down and oh, see yeah. such a great, Such a great ministry, such a great opportunity. I, I resonate with what you're saying. I mean, I can only imagine how hard that must have been to leave. Yeah, so it was It was really hard to think about leaving. Really, the the things began to shift last summer. Our lead pastor was on sabbatical, Matt Chandler, mm-hmm. and I was one of our primary communicators for our sum, summer sermon series on the Psalms. I was preaching maybe five, ten times a year, but there I got to get about, you know, it was more compact. I got to preach several times in a row, think more about the whole series. Yes. And the Lord just used it both in my life and in the congregation. I was getting really positive feedback. The village is a very generous, affirming, and charitable mm-hmm. church, and so mm-hmm. it was just I began thinking, gosh, I wonder if maybe one day God will call me to be a lead pastor. Mm-hmm. So that was June, July of last year. And and you had not seriously thought about that before? I mean, it's not that I hadn't seriously thought about it. I had, and it was never that I didn't want to do it. It just didn't seem right. like it was in the cards in this season. You know, it was more like I, I went to the village thinking I'm here for 10 or 15 years I really want to build an institution here. Like I really want to be a part of, of, of creating something that's going to last. And I still think we did that. It just happened shorter than I thought it was going to happen in a shorter period of time. And so part of, part of this story is it wasn't just that God was calling me to be a lead pastor. I felt like God was calling me to be a lead pastor of a specific kind of church. 
oh, and in yeah. a specific region. And so it was, so like I just shared a minute ago. So I lived in Colorado for 25 years, basically, or I guess 22 years, basically from the time I was two to almost 24. And most of that time I was not a believer, just a mm. kind of a secular, you know, fairly secular upbringing. Um, didn't know the Lord, just did sports and, uh, you know, had, had a great group of friends. And when I went to college here in Colorado at Colorado State University through the Ministry of Campus Crusade, that's how the Lord drew me to himself. And then, and then I, you know, experienced a call to ministry and had to leave for the next uh, 12, mm. 15 years to, mm-hmm. to both do my master's and then PhD and then, and then to do ministry at the village. But I never really lost a heart for, for what has always been home. You know, I, I'm in the same county that I grew up in. Mm. Uh, I, I played basketball uh, as a high school student at one of the gyms that we were planted, that this church was planted in. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and so part of this story was, is five years ago, the North American Mission Board launched an initiative to plant churches in in spaces where typically Southern Baptists haven't planted churches. You know, we were great at planting churches in Jackson, Tennessee, but can you do it in San Jose, Seattle, San Francisco, and Denver? And yeah. so f- six years ago, I saw that the North American Mission Board was planting Storyline Fellowship in Denver, Colorado. And I was just thrilled because it's a place and people that I love. And I would get on their website about once a year just to see if if they were still here. Because it's challenging to plant churches here. And um, they were. And I, guys, honestly, I never felt a desire to be on staff here or to pastor here. It was more just I felt a common... Uh, mission. Like I was just grateful yes. for what they were doing and I wanted a to resonance. That. Yeah. Yeah. Resonant. That's the right word. And uh, at the exact same time that I was preaching this last summer and was kind of, you know, feeling this stirring of maybe I'm supposed to do this is hmm. when the former lead pastor and founding, he planted the church, Ben Mandrell, he announced he was resigning and becoming the CEO and president of Lifeway Christian Resources. And so that was the first moment when I, I was feeling this call. Also, he left and I was like, okay, Lord, is, is that what you're doing? Wow. Uh, and it really was, again, just in his sovereignty and providence that those things were about two weeks apart. Wow. Wow. Um, That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it, go, go it, JT, go, go back to, to the, this, something you said just a moment ago. I want to I wanna just linger for a second. When you talked about preaching regularly last summer, and not that you hadn't, preached at the village. Of course you had regular, you know, five to 10 times a year, I think you said, but am I right in assuming there's something unique, something uniquely happened when you were preaching regularly in a kind of concentrated burst and had responsibility as it were for the shepherding of the congregation through the pulpit ministry? That's a different thing than what you'd experienced up to that point. Is that right? Absolutely. I'd say there's probably two primary aspects that I was feeling that I had not felt before. You know, if you've if you've been an associate pastor or a, a part of a preaching team, but you're not the primary teacher, sometimes you can feel like I need to accomplish everything in this yes. 35 minute sermon. You know, yes. I really want to show them that I can preach. And I really, you know, that's kind of the, the youthfulness maybe of young preachers is yes. you don't you don't have the opportunity to take 12 weeks to let an idea linger and form it and look at it from different angles. And it can feel like such a short burst. Mm. But when you have weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, where you're thinking about how each sermon is kind of a tapestry and it's relating to the next sermon, man, I really fell in love with with having the opportunity to do that. That's the first portion. But then the second portion was, 
is is I, I was actually seeing people resonate with that tapestry, not just, hey, that yes, was a yeah, good one-off yeah. and we're grateful, Matt, you know, we're grateful that you were able to step in for Matt. It was, you were beginning to see small, the Holy Spirit, small life change, or they're seeing an aspect of God they hadn't considered before. And it was because I had six weeks in a row or something like that. Yes. Not just that one powerful line in one sermon or something like that. And this is when the, this is when the pre, this is when the preaching really becomes shepherding, or I'll even use this language, fathering the congregation. That's exactly what I was about to say, Todd. Because I've heard similar comments from other people that I know who have moved into either you know when you preach your first series, that's your responsibility, or you become a senior pastor. Um, yeah. So just keep keep going. Expand on yeah. that. That's- yeah. So, so that's what that's what I was feeling. And so these two things are happening. Ben leaves. I'm feeling this desire. And I was wondering, maybe this desire is going to be fulfilled at TVC. Maybe it's going to be mm. Matt, you know, getting me up there maybe 12 or 15 or 20 times a year. And he was talking to me more about like a preaching team and a couple others on staff too. So I didn't know how God was going to resolve this, but all of a sudden I had something bouncing around in my head that I couldn't I couldn't shake off. Mm. Then. Uh, it was a few weeks later. Uh, my wife and I actually had a vacation planned for Colorado. Oh. My dad still lives about 20 minutes south of where we are now. And we come up every September to just hang out and we go up to the mountains. And we actually had a Saturday, Sunday, Monday trip booked for Vail. And my wife came to me, my, my wife, Macy, and says, hey, I really think we should visit Storyline on Sunday morning. And I was like, Macy, I'm uh, no, I'm a pastor. I'm not going to church on Sunday, uh, Sunday on vacation, you know, jokingly. It's like, this is my week off. And, and, she, and, she, and I was like, we would have to cancel or, you know, revise our trip up to the mountains. I don't want to do that. And she said, I just really think we should. Mm. And so we changed our, uh, our reservations up in the mountains and we came to Storyline. And I wish I could tell you that, you know, God wrote something on the wall or it was the most miraculous experience. It wasn't. It was yeah, a yeah. very, very normal experience where this is a church that was pastorless for four months and they're just trying to hold things together and Jesus was preached and Jesus was worshiped. Um, but it was a, just a regular, normal, faithful local church, you know? Yeah. So we went to the mountains and, um, you know, I didn't really think a lot of it. And I got back to Dallas a few weeks later and I had one of those days at work that I think anybody who's in ministry has had where you're just like, why do I do this? You know, you're like, I think I'm going to go into medical device sales or become an insurance salesman. <laughs> right. and, and it wasn't like a terrible day. It was just one of those where you're like, this is hard work. Shepherding yes. and yeah. caring for God's flock is challenging. And so, Todd, you've been to the village. You know, there's that Chick-fil-A right across the street from the village. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like the last week in September. It's like and the local watering hole. That's a watering it, hole. We actually, we it's 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 God's chicken. Uh, and it's, we call it the village's yeah. cafeteria because we all just go there for lunch together. Right. But anyway, we're, you know, I, uh, I had to teach uh, one of our classes on a Wednesday night. And there was a guy that I knew from school. His name was Corbin Hobbs. And when I say Corbin was a friend, it's, he's, he's like, I like him a lot, but we were just acquaintances in school. But he mm. actually planted a church in Denver. So a lot of our conversations when we were in school was, hey, tell me about Denver. I, you know, tell me why you love the city. And so I would just tell him a bit about the culture and that kind of stuff. But I hadn't talked to Corbin in probably six years other than a text message here or there. And I, I had this just, I mean, this doesn't happen to me, but I had this prompting when I was walking across the parking lot to Chick-fil-A that just said, hey, call Corbin, see how mm. he's doing, check in on him. And again, this was the day that I was like, this is tough. You know, I don't know, you know, I need, I need the Lord to change something. And so I call mm. him and he, he says, hey, JT, uh, so long, hope you're doing well, what's going on? And we just do kind of quick chit chat and catch up. 
And then he says, it's so strange that you would call. I've been thinking about you the last few weeks. And I said, really, why? And he says, hey, have you ever heard of Storyline Fellowship? Oh, uh, wow. It's a great church. I know Ben. Ben was a good friend of mine. They supported our church plant. And, and it just, I think your theological voice, your preaching style, your love for Denver, your love for the front range, you might be a great fit here. And, and Ben left. You, maybe you should come be the pastor. And I didn't even tell him that I'd been there a few weeks before. Wow. That. Is that right? Yes. But then get this. And then, he says, and then he says, JT, this is wild. He's like, this could be total coincidence, happenstance and circumstance. But I was actually praying for you when you called. I'm actually at Storyline right now in Ben's old office because we're doing a church planting symposium today. And the Lord just had me pray for you. And then you called. And wow. he said, this could be total circumstance, you, you know, which it wasn't. This is God's sovereignty. That's but he was amazing. trying to downplay it, you know. Wow, and that's amazing. Isn't that wild? Yeah, he didn't so, want to say this is God's. This is obviously God's handiwork in providence. Being, you're, you're you're the next pastor. <laughs> he didn't, want, he didn't want to give you the whole, the Holy Spirit strong arm on it. <laughs> That's right. Totally. He was being very careful, very, wow. very kind, because he knows that to say that puts something in my mind that might not need to be there. But he was just saying, I, I don't think this is coincidence, and you need to know you've been on my mind, you've been on my heart, and I think you'd be a great fit, and I'm going to keep praying for you. And so we That's ended the call. Amazing. And and yeah. then what'd you do? What'd you well, do then, from there? You go, you go tell Macy, oh my goodness, you won't believe this. That's exactly right. And then, uh, and then I just went back to doing my job. I, I thought about maybe I should apply. Maybe and they were kind of the, the process here, finding a new pastor was slow for them. They were going to use a firm. They were trying to get, they were trying to do it the right way. Um, and did your day get any better after that call? Yes. I loved my job. Like, again, that was just, <laughs> that, was, that was one of the, you know, 2000 days I was on staff there and yeah. five of them were like that, you know, yes. my, my experience there was fun and it had nothing to do with the village. It had to do more with being a pastor, you know, yes. where you're just like, Ugh, and, J- and JT, what's going on inside of you as you go tell Macy and then you're, you're debriefing that evening and you wake up the next morning, what's going on inside of you? Is it excitement, anticipation, angst, worry, Macy I mean, I- what else? Or a we, lot of emotions. We actually experienced this transition very differently. My wife and I mm. are best mm. friends, but we experience life differently. For her, it was sheer excitement. She wow. is a person of just deep faith. God gave her the spiritual gift of faith and gave me the spiritual gift of doubt. And when I say doubt, I more mean like, I just wanted to downplay what happened with Corbin and make it mm. coincidence, not sovereignty. I wanted to... She's like, oh, well, that kind of stuff happens, you know, and she, and she, and she really was like calling something out of me that I hadn't seen yet. Oh, beautiful. Uh, which is, which is really God's sweet gift to me. So then yes. two weeks later, I was at a, a conference at the Gaylord Texan, 10 minutes from the village in Grapevine on caring well for the spiritually abused and hmm. sexually abused in the church. And it was a wonderful event. And I was invited to like a young leaders lunch. I was learning a ton. And Russell Moore is the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. He and I, uh, I used to work for him. And so he comes over to this lunch and says hi to me. And he says, JT, I need to introduce you to somebody. And he walks me two tables over and he says, uh, I want to introduce you to Ben Mandrell. Oh, come on. Wow. And he, he, of course, he's the former lead pastor here, now the president at Lifeway. And Ben and I get 90 seconds into a conversation and he says, tell me your story. What do you do? What do you love? And I just tell him, I'm a pastor at the village. I love discipleship, love teaching, preaching, but I'm so grateful for what you did at Storyline. That's home. And I didn't tell him about Corbin. I didn't tell him I visited. Like I just am downplaying everything because I don't want to puppet anything, you know? Yes. And and he says, oh, I think I've heard heard your name. You're writing, I'm writing, a, I wrote a book for Lifeway, the company he now works for. And so I told him about the book. And, and I, as I tell him the book, he says, 
hey, JT, I, I don't want to, you know, speak God's will into your life. But I think you're the next, <laughs> and he says, but I think you're the next lead pastor. Oh, he wasn't that blunt, was he? Oh, he, no, he was exactly that blunt. And then I responded, <laughs> That's awesome. I responded and said to him, that is so irresponsible of you. How could you, you know? And of <laughs> course, we're, jo- we're joking with each other at this point, you know, because it's like, wow. this is the church you planted and loved and fed and nourished and cared for for five years. And you've known Beautiful. me for, you know, two minutes. And then he says, you're right. Let's just talk. I, you know, it could be somebody else. I just, I really think, you know, you, you might be a really good fit. And I said, well, why mm-hmm. do you think so? And he says, because you don't talk like you're from Arkansas. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and he was, he's joking, you know, because he just yes. knows JT has a Colorado feel and a vibe. Yes. And that's yes. going to be a valuable thing for the church. Yes. So weeks go by and I decided to put in my application and that was probably late October. And then wow. uh, they got in touch with me in January and February and I was doing Zoom calls and Skype calls and the elders actually came to the village. It was Here's one thing that was awesome about this process for me, and I know that this is not everybody's experience in ministerial transitions, is I told my boss Mm. and the leadership of the village and the elders from day one. uh, Okay, As soon as I put in in my application. Did you really? I said, I don't want this to be something that I walk through. I want your wisdom. I want your insight. I value your prayers. And I, I had zero fear of retribution of like, if God asks me to stay, I'm somehow, I have a different seat on the bus. Wow. Uh, and they well, just were incredible. Talk to, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that, JT, because I have have seen this happen quite a bit. I've done it myself, a transition like this, and talked with a lot of friends who have made this transition. And I would say what you did is the exception, not the right. rule. Talk right. to us a little bit about that. Is there? It, it, how did you? How did you think that was the right path? Uh, did you get advice to do that? Do you have any regrets about doing it that way? What were the benefits of doing it that way? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I would recommend this happen, but that's the relationship that I had with these men and women. Mm, I think that's the important piece. Yes. We, we were invited into each other's life, both for beautiful conversations and for hard conversations. And so this was not out of the norm of the relationship I already had with them. It Mm. would have been out of the norm for me to withhold this from them simply because I value them and I trust them and they value me and trusted me. And so it would have been wrong for me to keep this private or sensitive or secret, but it felt right to invite them in. And they honored that uh, in a way that I knew to be true of them previous to this situation. Mm. So it wasn't like we told the whole church or everybody on staff. There was, you know, a trusted group of people who would affect closely, you know, Matt, Josh, Brian, our lead pastors, several of our elders, and several people on my team uh, that I valued and trusted and so mm-hmm. it was It was beautiful because I really got to invite uh, a plurality of counsel into, into what we were walking through. So uh, we find out in March that I was the, uh, the candidate uh, that they wanted to bring in for a, I guess this was late February, uh, for a final interview. So their elders came down, actually met with our elders, met with my boss, met with Matt. and Because yeah. I said, guys, I love my job so much. I'm uninterested in you. Like I'm not trying to get this job in the sense of where I need to be fake to get it or like put my best foot forward. I want you to know who I am, what you're getting. And I want, like, I just don't, I want you to know me eyes wide open. So ask any question of my boss, ask any question of Matt. Um, cause I don't want to get there in six months and realize that you guys think you made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. So they came down and then two weeks later they invited me up here and this is where the story gets a little a little wild. Is <laughs> if it was if it hasn't been already, right? I was going to say <laughs> is I was here for my final interview the the 
the last weekend that they gathered before the before COVID nineteen uh, wow. hit and the world shut down. So that was I don't know the date in front of me, but it was the first weekend in March, March fifth, sixth, something like that. And I met with the search team, met with the elders. I was actually in services incognito. I just kind of wanted to be a member and see what services were like, see what the culture of the church felt like. We left and the elders took Macy and I to lunch and said, pending a congregational vote, we'd like to invite you to be our next lead pastor. Wow. And so here's another wild part of the story is my, my mom and my stepdad, who lived in Colorado, actually moved down to Dallas to help us, like just to be family. They, they were members at the village. My stepdad got baptized there. Wow. Uh, they were very involved in the life of our family and they moved to be with us. And they've known about this thing the whole time too. And, and so I had this sinking feeling in my stomach that I'm going to be called to be the next lead pastor. And I'm going to get in a U-Haul with my two kids, their grandkids, and have to mm. you know, look in the rearview mirror, leaving them in Dallas. Ooh. And so I invite them over to my house on that Sunday night. This is right before the pandemic hits. And I say, I've got two questions for you. First, do you think God is doing this? Like, I want your, I want your affirmation of this. And they both are like, Absolutely. And then I said, number two, would you ever consider coming back? And they were like, of course we would. We Denver's home to us too, but my, my stepdad still works and he would have to find a job or a transfer. Like it could be years that that would take for them to get back. And so, but they say, you need to go forward with it. So the next morning I'm sitting at a Fuzzy's Tacos with my boss, Brian Miller, <laughs> and telling him that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be making this transition if the congregation votes me in. And my stepdad calls me four times in a row. The phone's on the table and I keep muting it. And he says, uh, then he texts me and says, I need you to call me right away. And oh, wow. I, again, I've got this gift of doubt and I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is a cancer diagnosis. This is a car accident. This is job mm. loss. Like I just have made one of the biggest career decisions in my life. And now like what, what's, what's going to go wrong? How's the calculus going to change? And I, so I call him back immediately sitting there at the table and he says, you're never going to believe this. I say, what? And he says, I just got a job offer in Denver this morning. Oh, wow. God. And it, <laughs> this is too and, much, JT. Did you make this all up? This game is real. I swear, every single part of this is gospel truth. Like it's just, it's true. It just happened. I do every time I tell the story. My wife's around. I look at her. I'm like, that happened, right? You know, like, <laughs> I'm not making I'm this not, up in my head. Am I? I'm not embellishing, am I? And I'm not. I mean, this happened. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can hear part two of our conversation with JT English next week on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CPT Podcast, a theology podcast for the church. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider throwing us a like, sharing the podcast online, subscribing, leaving a review. Uh, Anything like that would go a long way towards helping other people hear about the podcast. Uh, The CPT Podcast is a ministry of the Center for Pastor Theologians. You can learn more about the CPT by visiting us at pastortheologians.com. You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Our host for today's episode was Todd Wilson. Our producer and editor was Trenton Jones. Our music was composed by Andrew Gerlicher. I'm Zach Wagner. Thanks for listening.